when I was growing up, service was as much a part of my daily life as eating and sleeping and going to school. Caring black adults were buffers against the segregated prison of the outside world that told me as a black girl I wasn't worth very much, but I didn't believe it because my parents and my teachers and my preachers said it wasn't so. But the message I internalized as a child was that as a child of God, I could look down on nobody and nobody could look down on me. Couldn't play in segregated public playgrounds, as you heard, so my parents began one behind the church. There were no black homes for the aged, so my parents began one across the street. Whenever they saw a need, they tried to respond. All five right children had to cook and clean and help with the elderly. We sure didn't like it a whole lot at the time. But that's how we learned that it was our responsibility to take care of elderly family members and neighbors and that everybody was our neighbor. Our families and extended community family made children feel useful and important. And while life was often hard and resources scarce, we always knew who we were and that the measure of our worth was inside our heads and hearts and not outside in personal possessions or ambition. We were taught by example that the world had a lot of problems, that black folk had an extra lot of problems, but that we could struggle and change them. And that those of us with special intellectual and material gifts like you had the privilege and responsibility of sharing with others less fortunate and that service is the rent that every human being pays for living. It's not something you do after you've reached your personal goals. <clears throat> I'm so grateful for these childhood legacies of a living faith reflected in daily service, the discipline of hard work, the capacity to struggle in the face of adversity, giving up was simply not something acceptable but to my elders. You got up every time you fell down and you'll fall down a lot in your life and you tried as many times as you had to until you got it done right. My elders had grit and valued family life and family rituals as I hope you will. And they um, tried to be good role models. And good role models in my childhood were very important. What an extraordinary experience you have had here today. Um, and I've just learned so much. But they were the ones who had achieved in the outside world, like Marian Anderson, my namesake, but the ones I remember most didn't have much formal education and very little money. They were people of ordinary grace in my church and who taught me by their graceful lives. The message of Christ and Tolstoy and Gandhi and Dr. King and Dorothy Day and Heschel that the kingdom of God is within. They knew instinctively what Walker Percy wrote, and that is, you can get all A's and still flunk life, and you should remember that as our brightest and best. <laughs> I was 14 the night Daddy died with holes in his shoes, but he had two kids in college, one who'd graduated, another in divinity school, and a vision that he was able to convey to me, even dying in an ambulance that I, a young black girl in the segregated South, could do and be anything, that race and gender and class or shadows and that character, self-discipline, attitude and service are the substance of life. I want to convey that same vision to you today as you struggle to grow up in what I believe is an ethically polluted nation where instant sex without responsibility, instant gratification without effort, instant solutions without sacrifice, and getting rather than giving, hoarding rather than sharing are the two frequent signals of our mass media, popular culture, and political life. I hope as you go off to college and out into your chosen missions in life that you will begin to help our nation redefine what we mean by success, 
that you will ask not how much can I get, but ask yourselves instead how much can I do without and share. I hope you will spend a whole lot less time worrying about how you can find yourself and spend more time trying to lose yourself helping somebody else in rebuilding our families and our community. I worry a lot because I think the standard for success for too many Americans and your presence here today goes against that grain, has become personal greed rather than common good. The standard for striving and achievement has become getting by rather than making extra effort. And sometimes I worry that we have lost our sense of what is important as a people and that too many young people of all races and classes are growing up unable to handle life in hard places without hope and without steady compasses to navigate a world that is reinventing itself at an unpredictable pace, both technologically and politically. In my old era in the dark ages, we learned that to accomplish anything, we had to get off the dime. You young people today often are told you have to get off the paradigm over and over again and to be flexible and smart about it. So in my last two minutes, I want to say, despite all the change around you, I believe deeply, as I have preached to my children, and mothers can never not preach to their children, that there are some enduring values. And I want to just share a few of those as I sit down. You can take them or leave them, as my own children will and have. But one thing I do want you to remember, you've gotten a lot of good advice. I want to add a bit more. And the first is don't feel entitled to anything you don't sweat and struggle for and help our nation understand that it's not entitled to world leadership in the new century based on what we say rather than how we change and meet all the changing world needs. Frederick Douglass, former slave and abolitionist, got it right. He said, men and women may not get all they pay for in this life, but they will certainly pay for all they get. And I hope that you will remember that and never feel entitled to anything. Second, I hope you will never work just for money. You've heard that message, money won't save your soul or build a decent family or help you sleep at night. We're the richest nation on earth with the highest incarceration, drug addiction, and child poverty rates on earth. I hope you'll never confuse wealth or fame with character, and I hope you will not use drugs or lie or think it's okay to cheat even if everybody you know is doing it. I hope you'll be honest, and I hope you will demand that those who represent us and whom you work for will be honest. And don't ever confuse legality with morality. Dr. King correctly pointed out that everything Hitler did in Nazi Germany was legal. You've heard a lot about not taking risks, not being afraid of taking risks. Please don't. If you're afraid of taking risks, don't worry about being politically correct or being criticized. If you don't want to be criticized, don't do, say, or be anything. <laughs> please take parenting and please take parenting and family life seriously and insist that those you work for also. You young men, I have three sons. I hope you will share and not just help with parenting and household responsibilities. Superwoman died of exhaustion a long time ago. <laughs> I hope you will take family rituals seriously and not have children until you're ready to support them for a lifetime, emotionally and economically. If you cut corners, your children will too. And if you tell a snicker at racial or gender jokes, another generation will pass on the poison we adults still have not had the courage to wipe out in our society. I hope you will walk away from them and stare them down and make them unacceptable in your sight because it is through daily acts of moral consciousness that we're going to counter the proliferating voices of division that have been gaining respectability over our land. Two last ones and I'm done. Listen to the sound of the genuine within yourself. You're going to have so many noises and competing demands in your life. 
pull away, be silent, think about who you are. Howard Thurman told the Spellman girls right before he, he died, he was a great black theologian, that there is something in every one of us that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in ourselves, and it is the only true guide we'll ever have. And if we cannot hear it, we'll all our lives spend them, spend our days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. Take the time in the midst of all the excitement of college and all of your friends and choose your friends carefully. Go off aside and try to hear yourself so that you can then hear what is genuine in other people. And finally, never think life is not worth living or that you can't make a difference. Never give up. I don't care how hard it gets, it's going to get very hard sometimes. And an old proverb has gotten me through some tough days. It says, when you get to your wit's end, remember that's where God lives. My role model that keeps me going, because it's very discouraging to try to change things in this country, is a slave woman named Sojourner Truth. She was illiterate, she couldn't read or write, couldn't stand second-class treatment of women and hated slavery and never lost a chance to speak out about it. And she said one day when she got heckled in a speech by an old white man who stood up in the audience and said to her old slave woman, I don't care anymore about your old anti-slavery talk than for an old flea bite, she snapped back at him and said, that's all right, the Lord willing, I'm going to keep you scratching. So often people think they have to make big differences, and when you look at the big problems of poverty and family breakdown and community breakdown, that we can't make a difference. Don't try to be a big dog. Just try to be a committed flea. Enough fleas biting strategically can make the very biggest dogs uncomfortable, and it is true people deciding to be a flea for decent family life, to be a flea for justice, to be a flea against poverty, to be a flea for rebuilding community, that we're going to transform America in the 1990s and see that no child is left behind. Congratulations on your achievement.